Hello, Wisdom and Wellness. Welcome to another episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, today, I have a special guest. We actually did some questions of what would you guys like us to talk about? And in the comments, I could clearly see that we have ignored the corporate girlies. <laughs> so today, I have someone special. I've got Matebe Mulese, right? Modise. Modise. The gag, yeah. Well, but it's an L. L I in Soto is D. So it's like. You know how many times I practice your surname to just get really? it wrong? Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but you say, but you're a CA, yes. turned entrepreneur mm -hmm. and founder of Beauty on Tap and mm -hmm. TikTok queen. <laughs> when I found your TikTok, I was just like, this girl has so much personality. Oh, thanks. I can't believe you thought I was boring. No, I didn't. I didn't think you're boring, <laughs> but you've got like, even when I see a gym, like you like this focused, I'm in my world. And even on like Instagram, you're like, on Twitter though, I can kind of see. Yeah. yeah, no, there's like a lot. And then I found you on TikTok and then I was like stuck on your TikTok. I was like, this is so entertaining. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Bums. Okay, let's start with some icebreakers. Okay. Okay. Um, what's the song you listen to on your way here? It was actually a gospel song. I was looking for a song from Bongi and Colin, okay. but it's gone. I think it's off iTunes or what is it? Apple Music. Yeah. So it was just playing their playlist. Oh. But I don't know the name of the song. Oh, how did it go? Sing it. Have so it. Not, I don't even know. It's a gospel song. I was focused on coming here. You said I'm a okay. focused girl. <laughs> you were just focused. I was just focused on getting here okay. on time. Yeah. If I had to take your headphones while at gym, what songs definitely play? Um, Nige. Like, that's my, let's do this. Like, every single time I get to gym, that's the song I play because it gets me going. Um, I, I listen to different things. I listen to R&B. Because, yeah, that sounds more right because I thought you were going to say, like, Carrie Hilson. No, <laughs> not Carrie Hilson. I love Carrie Hilson. <laughs> or, like, Sierra's, um, what's that song? Five, four, three, two, no, one. No, I listen to, like, Summer Walker and, like, chilled stuff. Oh, no, yeah. I'm, like... Pumping, hip-hop, really? Kanye West, Beyonce's, five, four, three, no, two, I'm one. Like, <laughs> no, I'm like... No, I'm boop, boop, boop. <laughs> okay, one word, one funny word to describe the corporate world and one funny word to describe entrepreneurship. Corporate world is structured. Okay. And entrepreneurship is... Um, Entrepreneurship is um, unimaginable. Unimaginable. Is that a good unimaginable or whatever the feeling of the day? It's kind of like, it's not, it's actually more unexpected. It's not okay. what you think it is when you're not doing it. But when you're in it, you're just like, what is what this? Is this? Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, because when I think of it, I'm just like, what, 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 what is, is this? this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, movie. If, what would, if you had to... Name your entrepreneurship journey after a movie. What movie would it be? The Intern. <gasps> That's my favorite movie. Yeah. Like <gasps> my friend the other day was like, oh my word, we were in New York. I'm yeah. watching The Intern, I think in 2015. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can't wait for Beauty on Tap to be like this. That's my favorite movie. Did you also do the whole, you know, like the uh, aesthetic, like the uh, the IMAX and then the, 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 the it's, it's got like a... Um, like a warehouse you feel. Yeah. That's what I want. I'm looking for new offices and that's exactly what I want. Oh so. my gosh. It's literally my favorite movie because I'm like one of those um, 
I'm not sure if I'm, so I move between, I'm going to have like this massive team and we're going to move into an office and it's going to look like what the intern looks like. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also, uh, I prefer working from home and keeping my team um, like very, very lean. Yeah. So when I'm going the other side, I'm just like intern, intern. And then I go back to, hmm, actually lean. I don't want to be home. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Sometimes I want to move back home and then I'm like, I can't because there's a lot of people. I can't have. How big is the team now? Uh, we have 17 people now. I can't have 17 people in my house. So yeah. yeah. But do you work from home? Mm, I kind of in between it. So I always think that if I don't go to the office, the team misses me. And then somebody whispered like, no, no girl. Man, fine. <laughs> it's fun Actually, when you're we not like <laughs> So I, I don't feel it. bad anymore when I don't go in. So yeah. I go in probably like three times a week. Okay. And then twice a week, I'm like here, but I'm going to go after this. So okay. I kind of balance it out. Okay. Mm. I want to know about your, and in as much as I'm going to talk about your business, I'm very interested in the person behind the business, yes. right? Like that's my favorite part. I always like to get behind the thinking. Mm -hmm. But when you were studying and getting into your career, I think at some point we all wanted to be CAs because yes. we knew that if you want money, <laughs> you've got to be a CA and yeah. not all of us made it because that journey is like one hell of a journey. It's, it's very, very tough. But um, what was the journey like leading to becoming a CA and mm. was corporate what you thought um, it, it, it was going to be? So I've always been very, very structured. So when I was in school, I was like a high performer. Okay. I was like deputy head girl. I was just that girl, like homework on time, class monitor, prefect. Um, and so I was always like a star performer. Yeah. Um, and then obviously I wanted to do the whole CA thing and I got to Vits and I was like, whoa, 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 what is this? Yeah. Um, because it challenges you in a completely different way. It challenges the way you think. Um, the structuredness that you're used to isn't, it doesn't work. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what works when you're studying CA actually. Yeah. I can't even tell you. Um, yeah. and then I had to repeat my third year and that was the first time I experienced failure. Yeah. And it was a shock to like my parents, um, people around me were like, not you, yeah, like, like you're, you're the girl, you know? Yeah. And so that was the first time I experienced failure and I had to just take it on my chin. And um, even that year, whilst I was repeating financial accounting, yeah. I took on corporate finance as an extra subject just to like fill my time. Oh, okay. Because yeah. you're doing one subject oh, the whole year. Oh, one subject. Yeah. Yeah. So I took another subject um, and I started tutoring um, and then I did my fourth year and I kind of like didn't have to do subs, just went through. Um, and then I did my articles. Yeah. And my articles kind of took me back to who I was in school because mm. I, then I could still be the high performer and, you know, the excellent person. Yeah. Um, so corporate kind of made me feel like I was back in school and I had to be that high performer. Yeah. Um, and I kind of expected it. It was what I expected it to be. There was nothing that like shocked me with corporate. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I want to go back to that moment where you said that was the first time you experienced failure. Mm. Do you think it's really the first time you experienced failure or failure that you could associate with because I mean you're how old are you in third year you're probably like 19 20 21 ish yeah yeah like a lot has happened in life mm. why does that moment stand out to you as the first time I experienced failure I think it's because it was visible failure ah. I think sometimes when you experience failure it's very internalized yeah and you feel it yeah whereas if you held back a year at school people like people everybody knows yeah, yeah you're not yeah. in the class 
Um, why aren't you going to school? Oh, it's because I have to repeat. So I think you experience failure in life where you fail a test at school. Yeah. Um, nobody knows your mark. You can keep it from your parents if you want to. Yeah. Um, so this time it was like big because it was visible to everyone. And there was kind of like shame that came with it. Yeah. Also just because people's expectations of me were so high. Do you think so. it's self-imposed shame? I think when you when you present yourself as somebody who's excellent and high performer all the time, yeah. people's expectation of you it's reaches high. that point yeah. is high. Yeah. So when you don't meet the expectations, then it kind of does disappoint people and yeah. they can't hide the disappointment. Yeah. So I don't think it was like self-imposed or I was just experiencing it by myself. I think it was like, it was real. My favorite story, not really my favorite story, but a story I always shared was that when I, and this is because I studied accounting, right? I but saw. I, but I didn't finish, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. But I was doing well. So mm -hmm. I'm not like a lot of people um, leave because it's hard or whatever, but I was doing well. Like I had mm. figured out how I'm nice. making it, making it through this, you know? And so in grade eight, yeah, we hadn't started shooting subjects yet. Um, I wasn't, I'm not one of the, I'm not an A student by nature. Mm. So for me, it's like, if it takes you two hours, it'll take me six hours. Yes, yes. But I will, I try. I right? get it. Mm -hmm. And so I had this group of friends and my friends were like high performers, like A students. Mm. And I had to keep up because that's my circle <laughs> of friends and I love them. Yeah. And it was a good challenge for me. And so we were doing accounting and we all studied and we're going to do this test and we go and we write. And you know, accounting, like you leave there feeling like... Oh. I aced it. I my aced cash it. book balanced. Like, <laughs> <laughs> balanced. Yeah, you know if it balanced. If it balanced, something like be nervous. <laughs> <laughs> and it was that kind of thing. We left um, the the test room feeling excited and whatever, and we came back and. Um, the marks are coming out and we had a teacher and she's an Afrikaans lady who just didn't care. Mm. And so she's just handing out the marks and she's calling out the marks like, Tagza, 80%, da, 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 mm. like loud in class. And so I'm hearing all my friends are getting 80s, 90s, um, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, which yeah. means I'm around there because I normally compete. Yeah. And then she calls me and at the time it was Amanda at school and she goes, Amanda, 46%. <sighs> and my, that for me felt like my first failure, big public humiliation yeah. and I felt my whole world shatter and unconsciously I lived my life to prove a point of that moment that I'm yeah. not the failure so mm. I did extremely well in accounting I chose it as, as, a, as a subject mm, I chose mm. it as a whole career mm. so what I'm getting at is for you that moment of failure did it change who you are how has it impacted the way you do things and how did it impact your life I think for me, it had a more of a positive spin. Okay. Because um, when I did my fourth year, I didn't struggle with anything. Everything was pretty easy for me. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, maybe being held back a year actually helped me because it made me focus on the fundamentals mm. and it readied me then for fourth year and then for board exams, obviously, as well, that you have to do in first year articles and third year to qualify. Yeah. So I took that failure as, oh, this actually prepared me to lay a better foundation for yeah. myself to make the coming years or whatever other things were coming after that much easier. So it was the first time I kind of felt like, oh, actually failure isn't that, that bad. bad. It yeah. actually happens for a reason. And a lot of people in fourth year struggled and had to write subs yeah. and everything. And I was like, oh, if I hadn't repeated, I would have been one of the people who has to do subs. And failing fourth year at WITS is like, yeah, it's traumatic. You'd yeah. rather repeat third year than repeat fourth year. So I was actually quite grateful for that failure. Sure. Have you ever done therapy? No. You've never done therapy? Never. 
Really? Never. Because I'm asking because I feel like you're so self-aware. So as you're talking, I'm like, oh, okay. There's a lot of self-awareness. You probably have been given the tools with how to deal with like failure, how to deal with the journey. Now, so how do you, and, and this is a conversation I was having with my friend when we were talking mm. about your TikTok. It's like, she oozes so much confidence. Like, I wonder <laughs> where she gets it from. Like, she's probably in therapy and she probably <laughs> has her tools. But that, conf- that level of confidence that you have, um, in yourself, like where does that come from? And I know that you have a, a, a whole weight loss journey where mm. you lost about 50 kilograms. Mm, mm. Were you always this person even with the extra weight or is it kind of part of the yeah. new you, lighter you mm. um, person? So I come from a family of like matriarchs. So my grandmother was just like, my grandmother was the girl. Like, yeah, like um, she didn't get married. She had kids. She raised a whole family. And my grandmother used to affirm us like, all the time. Mm. Like even my pinned, it used to be my pinned tweet. I think it still is. Um, it talks about how my grandmother used to affirm me every day and tell me I was a, I was a chubby, dark girl yeah. with Afro hair. Yeah, um, sure. And she used to tell me, you are the most beautiful girl in the world. And sure. I went to a predominantly white school. Mm. And I always say to my mom, at no point in my journey at my school did I ever feel like I'm a black girl. Like, at no point I was like, I'm I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I'm yeah. a person in this grade. There's sure. nothing that sets them apart from me. We're all the same person. So I always grew up in an environment where I felt equal. Mm. I never felt less than or anything. Sure. Um, and as a result, that's why I thrived at school. Like mm. I really thrived at school. Yeah. Like I enjoyed my school year so much. And I was the first female head of school. Yeah. And black, first black, sorry. And you're in your mid-30s, ne? You're in your early mid-30s. Mid-30s, yeah. yeah. 36, sure. yeah. So at the time, like being a head girl is not really a thing. Yeah, it's not a thing yeah. at the time. And I'm first black female who's given a chance to ascend to the throne um, <laughs> at a very white school. There were only seven black kids out of a grade of 70. So I never felt less than or anything. I've always just felt like I am the girl. that girl, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So now going back to that moment where you, um, because I think now, maybe things are a little different now because of what we see on social media. Yeah. Like it almost feels like you have to look a certain way. You have mm. to have certain hair. You have to have a certain body. You yeah. have to have a certain skin color. Like there's an mm. aesthetic for almost success, yeah. right? And at the time, what made you decide that, Oh, actually, I'm about to lose 50 kilograms because the way you, like the way you said, you grew up chubby, mm. dark skinned, but you were happy with yourself. Like mm. you were content, mm. confident, like everything's fine. So, what gets you to the point where you feel like, mm, actually, I think I want to do something about yeah. um, my 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 health or my weight? Um, it was when my mom had a chat with me. Um, and said it was after my 21st, I remember. Mm. And when I look right at my 21st pictures, I was wearing this dress and it just looked like a curtain. (laughs) She was like, girlfriend. Yeah. Um. And I just started varsity and in varsity, there's steers, there's McDonald's. Mm. I had a car, you getting an allowance, you can buy all the junk food in the world. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And she was like, you're gaining weight very fast, like very fast. She's like, look at your 21st picture. <laughs> it's like, you're in your coat. <laughs> <laughs> look at this dress, get bed spread. <laughs> we need you to show us the, we need the picture. <laughs> so that's what kind of like made me say, actually, I want to be healthy. I want yeah. to live. I want to be healthy. I want to live a good lifestyle. I don't want to breathe heavily when I go up the stairs. Mm. I want to be able to do it. Um, and that's when I started my journey. But I'm very um, obsessive. 
as yeah. yeah. So Relatable. I think, yeah, that's probably like a trauma response that I can't miss gym. If I travel, I pack my gym clothes. I haven't um, gotten there. My trauma is not that deep. No, my trauma is deep. So if I travel, I take my gym clothes. I don't skip gym. I go to gym, you know, five to six times a week. Yeah. So, um, Although it's been positive, it yeah. is a trauma response, yes. which yes. may not be healthy, but it turns it out that the results is healthy. Yeah yeah, 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 sure. And do you see a difference between, in terms of mindset, between that girl, that 21-year-old girl, and who you are now, just based on the health changes that mm. you have made? Um. So I was always, I was always kind of like, very, I don't even know how to put this. And I don't think it has to do just with that change, but I was always very like structured and, mm. um, very hard on myself. Before. Okay. Um, and I suppose this whole journey has made me a little bit more fluid. Okay. Um, and even just getting out of corporate, the person I was then and the person I am now is very different. Like I used to be very judgy in my twenties. Like I'd be like, you guys are drinking and you're smoking weed. Well, if you're getting A's all the time, <laughs> of course you're gonna be judgy. So I used to be super judgy. Yeah. Um and my stance on life was Well you're just, a mean girl. Yeah. <gasps> People used to call me Tin Man. They'd be like you show no emotion. Like you're just this stoic yeah stoic structured do your homework that are like very no excuses like no excuses like at school at home everywhere I was just the stoic person and now I'm just completely completely different sure that's so hectic and the <laughs> fact that but I'm so glad that you're able to show that awareness of being judgy I think to a certain extent I I have judginess in okay. me but I think we grow and then you learn to yeah I think I think because you make so many mistakes along the way yeah but also it comes with being a high performer because you push yourself we we push ourselves like yeah. whether your tummy aches or not if you said you're going to do something at 7 a.m you're gonna do it so yeah. when you see other people not doing it it's like well if i can do it why can't you do okay, it okay i'm still judgy with that ah, then, comes... then you're still judging no but i'm not judging in terms of like lifestyle, lifestyle decisions yes. but in terms of yeah, like i'm judgy with that internally like i, I won't say it <laughs> but i'm just thinking I'm just like, you're just a loser maybe i am judgy because i like tell my team like why are you guys eating kfc today <laughs> <laughs> you guys starting gym but it's because i want them to be Better. healthy because i know what that has done for, for me. you yeah. yeah i agree mm -hmm. I'm, I'm literally the same i have um, <laughs> one of my team and she's young she's like 23 and so i, I do feel like like sometimes i have to call myself back because i feel like i'm hard on her yeah, she yeah, said yeah she's starting her her she's starting her her gym um life yeah. right and she said this i think um last year and i said mm -hmm. okay um cool what have you done and she's like i'm still planning and i'm like okay but now let, let, let's finish planning let's, I'm planning. let's do oh, you know do. and then it was january and then she said she's doing this and i'm like okay but when are you starting <laughs> and i was talking to my trainer and he was like um and you'll let me know if you believe in this he said um it's statistically um, I don't know if he's right or wrong. People who set their goals, right, in the beginning of January, if they haven't taken a step by the 18th of January, they most likely won't achieve them. I don't believe in resolutions. So even okay, let's, whole... let's take out the resolution. Let's say a vision board, goal, planning. Yeah. So people who've planned and said, this year, 2024, this is what I'm doing, but then don't start by the 18th, before, <laughs> like by the 18th of Jan, nothing has yeah, happened. Yeah, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Um, I would take it forward to like, I don't believe in planning. I believe if you want to do something, just yeah. start today, start now. Yeah. I think if you say I'm going to start in three months time, then you're not serious about it. Yeah. You're not going to start. Gonna yeah. yeah. 
Just yeah. about now. Do you have imposter syndrome? Um, I don't. You know, I'm asking. Mm-hmm. So I was listening. I don't know if you know Rachel Rogers. No. So she's a brilliant author, but she's in more of my, my space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, brilliant author. And she wrote a book, um, We Should All Be Millionaires. And I read it. And, I, and she talks more about the mindset of uh, being that. And um, so she was listing um, how imposter syndrome shows up differently. Right? Yeah. And she's listing so many ways. And I'm like, mm, I thought I don't have imposter syndrome, but this is giving mm. imposter syndrome. And it's not to say that I let imposter syndrome get in the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But for example, and I, I spoke about this on another podcast, that I don't celebrate um achievements mm, mm. it's a form of imposter syndrome and then i listened to another oh. podcast this morning that was saying even perfectionism can be a form of um imposter syndrome because you make like things have to be so perfect it's almost like it it you leave like very little very little room, room for yeah yeah, for yeah perfectionism maybe yeah i'm like but i get it from my from my boss when I was at the bank, yeah, he was the CEO, obviously. And he was like pedantic. Like he was just like the shade of red is not right. Like he was super pedantic. And I was like, maybe CEOs are pedantic. Maybe that's what yeah. I need to, to be. To be, sure. So I'm super pedantic and perfectionist. Like this is not right. This is like yeah. very pedantic. But I think it's just striving for excellence in terms of brand. Yeah. Yeah. How does that work for you in relationships? Um, Not just romantic relationships, relationships as a whole, in your friendships, in your team. So the one thing that I've kind of realized about myself is, or in the past, is that I liked, I felt that I have to show up all the time in relationships and I need to be this perfect partner to whoever it is, a friend or, you know, mother, daughter, whatever it is, I always felt I have to be this perfect person. And the pressure that puts on you is just immense and it just fatigues you so much. Yeah. Constantly having to show up in a way that people want you to show up. Mm. And the one thing that I've kind of flipped over the past few months is that I'm going to show up how I think I can show up for you, but I'm going to show up. And it might not necessarily be the way that you want me to show up, but this is as much as I can give in the moment. Sure. But I will make an effort to show up. So the perfectionism in terms of relationship, I've completely switched off. Yeah. I've kind of gotten to a place now where I'm like, I can do what I can for you in yeah. the moment. And that's yeah. helped me a lot. Yeah, I think so. I think I think what ruins relationships um, is that we think we have to show up that way, in yeah. a perfect way. Yes. And with that, it gives little room for relationship to be intimate and real. Yes. Because then everybody's now... On God, because if you're showing up perfectly, ticking all the boxes, then I feel like I need to always exactly. show up. And that's not relationship. That is not intimacy. Like exactly. there has to be room for, hey, actually today I, I can't, can't and it should be okay. Yes, I need you to be okay with that. Yeah, like I remember the first time a friend like said to me, um, not the first time, but when I got it and she, I think she had, oh, I had asked her to do something mm. and she agreed, right? And it was something important. Then she came back and she said, no, actually I can't do it anymore. Mm. And she didn't give like a long ex- excuse or reason. She just, she just felt like she didn't want to do it anymore. Mm. And I was like, this is such an exhale moment for me because this relationship has given me the room to be able to say, I can't do it. Yeah. And that's it. And that's it. That's enough. Because life lives sometimes. Yeah. Like life lives. Um, and just that constant perfection 
is exhausting. Yeah. So just saying, I can't do it today. Sorry. It should be okay. It should be okay. Yeah. I know you don't have the picture of I'm a black woman in the space, but mm -hmm. you you were an EA, right? Executive mm -hmm. assistant to the CEO of the bank. Yes. That is a whole lot of... Big job. You basically were the CEO of the bank. <laughs> basically. Big job, yeah. Yeah. How, how did you navigate that confidently and not feel like everyone is questioning your right to be there? Um, so first off, I didn't say, I said I didn't have therapy. So I had a form of therapy because I had an executive coach okay. who helped me navigate that role because it's a scary role. Yeah. And I started the role at the beginning of COVID. So it was like, <sighs> literally I moved into my office and then it was like, go home, <laughs> like go work from home. So um, I think for me, the one thing that I... It helped me was that I was very social at work. Okay. So I knew a lot of people. Okay. I was in social committees um, in the various departments I was in. Um, and I was an analyst. And when you're an analyst, you engage with a lot, a of, lot people of people in yeah. the bank. So as I moved around, I, I always kept roles for two years and then I moved around. I've never... Oh, you I've got just, bored. <laughs> yeah, I just got bored. Like, oh, I'm bored of this. Can you move me around? Okay. Um, but they liked it because they were like, you're exploring. You're yeah. Still... So Job I knew rotation. Rotate, yeah. kind of yeah. yeah so I knew a lot of people so when I got to the role it was fairly easy just because I had formed those networks before so um talking to people getting stuff from people um passive mentoring as well from mm. people really really helped so I think in the role um I was okay yeah and also the lady who was before me was really helpful as well mm. Beth, um she held my hand she checked in quite a lot as well so it was a I think the only thing that was difficult about that role was that at the time I took the role, Beauty on Tap also just started growing because oh, of COVID. COVID, yeah. So I had these two very demanding um, roles because yeah. at the time I was doing Beauty on Tap by myself. Yeah. I was like the order packer, the IT person, everything. <laughs> and I was the EA to the CEO. So that was the only thing that was really difficult um, in that time. Before we get into Beauty on Tap, do you consider that a strategy for those struggling in corporate? Because I feel like, and I can't answer these questions because I mm -hmm. did corporate for a year, but even then I was in like a little box where... I didn't spread my wings. Like I felt completely mm. um, out of place. I was a shell of myself. Mm. But do you consider that a strategy of navigating corporate as a black woman? Because a lot of, I think a lot of black women that I engage with feel out of place. They mm. feel like, where to from here? I can't mm. speak up. I can't ask for a raise. I can't even ask to be moved around. Mm. For you, do you think the strategy is in building the relationship? And not in a malicious way, I would say, I'm getting to know you because I'm trying to get yeah, something yeah, yeah. out of this. Mm. But do you consider that a, 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 an important aspect of, of getting the best out of the corporate world? Yeah. So the advice I always give to people, because people also ask me about corporate because yeah. of the EA role I had to the CEO. I always say to people, work hard. Yeah. Like, be the person that people want to work with because you're brilliant. So, in life, NG. Yeah, just work hard. Be that person. Like, don't leave when it's time to leave. Chile time. Like, <laughs> just like the first thing in your bags. Put in that extra time. And the second thing I always say to people is go to social events because that is where you always network and meet people. And, you know, you'll be chilling with your team leader and then they'll be like, oh, this is actually yeah. a credit executive. Mm. Meet Matebe, you know, blah, blah, blah. So... I always say, put your hand up for things. Like if they want an MC for something, put your hand up. That's literally how I got exposure is I was MCing um, a conference. Um, and then that's where execs saw me and they were like, oh, she's actually quite funny and she has a sure. personality and they came to talk to me. So I always say to people, 
um, be social, get to know people and ask to move around, like put your hand up for stuff. Like, let me do that. I used to do like extra stuff, like reports, mm -hmm. they'd ask for a volunteer. And not so. expecting money. Not expecting money. Yeah. Because that's the stuff that has to be done within yeah. the department. So um, always go the extra mile and meet people. I know a lot of young black people are scared in corporate yeah. to meet people. Yeah. But it's honestly the best advice that I can give to, to anyone in corporate. Do you think we're in a, a scary space within the workspace where people are, and I love what you mentioned, that you would pick up your hand and say, I'll do this, I'll do this, and not mm -hmm. ask for money. Mm -hmm. And my experience has been people are always leading with, how much? Yes. What do I get out mm -hmm. of it? And it's like, <laughs> as someone who hires people and who has projects, that for me is a red flag. It could mm -hmm. be a wrong mm -hmm. thing. But as soon as you start with how much am I getting? Yes. What time do I finish? Yes. Uh, who's doing that? It's like, okay, so you're just here for your own yeah. um, needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's good to know how much you're going to get. I always say if your outcome is money, then it's not what's purposed for you. Mm -hmm. If you're somebody that's gunning for money and something... It means sure. you don't love what you're doing. What you're doing. Yeah. Then you need to rethink your career. Um, so if I interview someone and at the end of the interview, they say, how much am I getting? <laughs> Thanks for <Bye>. interviewing. <laughs> we'll be in touch. Yeah. So um, don't lead with money. Like lead with, is this what I want to do? Ask mm. questions about more the role. See if you fit in the company culture. Is it where you fit? If you're going to ask about money... It's just awkward for everyone, awkward in the, especially everyone. in the beginning. Yes. And it's not to say don't ask for money. We yeah. should ask for money. You we should, should ask, for, ask for raises, but also yes. have we put in the work? Yeah. Can you back up what you're asking sure. for? Yeah. 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 Let's get into beauty on tap. So I bought my first, I think I bought a basket. Nice. In Long 20, ago. in on COVID. That was my first yes. purchase. And I was like, I don't even know what made me buy. I think... I didn't even need a basket. No, something influenced me Jay, on social media because I, I didn't. Yeah, to buy on Beauty on Tap. I think Aww. people were starting to make um, noise about it. But mm. how did a Beauty on Tap start? And when you started it, did you think it would be this business that people are begging for product every oh week? Or <laughs> every week it's like, I'll see pastry. pastry? <laughs> or was it for you just a, a part of you, an itch you wanted to scratch? Like there's this creative part um, or this beauty part of me that I just want to, you know, mm. just get into. So growing up, so I have a maths mind. Mm -hmm. uh, my late dad was like a maths genius. Yeah. So I do have a mathsy kind of side of my brain. Yeah. Um, but I think the majority of my brain is creative. Okay. So I grew up wanting to be like a fashion designer. Mm -hmm. And my mom was like, girl, you're going to work at a bank. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to work at R&B. My mom told me you're going to work at R&B. And that's where I landed up. Sure. Um, yeah. So I always had a creative side. And so I always little, used to start little businesses yeah. um, and try myself out. And when I started um, at R&B, uh, my friend was getting married and I was like, oh, we need to find a makeup artist yeah. in Cape Town. And we couldn't. And I was like, would it be cool if we started an app that could find a beauty service yeah. anyway? And that's literally how it started. And I was like, let me do it. I mean, we all have ideas, but we kind of like, oh, it would be it's cool. Else. Yeah, like yeah. And I was like, actually, I want to do this. And I shared the idea with a colleague and he's like, I'll partner with you. Let's do it. Started the app mm -hmm. as a finder service. My friend actually posted something today like a throwback of when we were doing a visit the service provider oh yeah, to like yeah he was testing out salons mm. um and we had a product this is in, 20... this is in 2015 okay yeah. this is in 2015 um and then on the app there's a product side so people are like actually we like the product side but 
I don't want to buy different things from different people. Can't yeah. you guys just put it on one website yeah. or on the app? Yeah. And that's how we built the website. So it started off as a find a beauty service. Then it was like a natural skincare and hair care website. Yeah. And then we just started adding more and more brands. Yeah. And then in COVID, it just blew up. Off. Yeah. So when you started, you weren't trying to make money. You weren't trying to, you weren't saying, I'm building a side hustle. Like you were content with your life and you just needed to solve your, your friend's problem. And yeah. if someone's going to do it, I'm going to be I'm the one who do does it. it. And I mean, it wasn't making money for like the first two years. At all? At all. Were you losing money? Like were you putting in your money. own money? I was losing money. I'll never forget a time I forgot to stop a Facebook ad. <laughs> so humbling. <laughs> And I just saw like so much money go off my account. And I was just like, oh my gosh, these are like growing pains. But for years it didn't make money. I wasn't living off it. That's why I was just side hustling it. I just really enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed the creative side, the marketing side yeah. of it. So when did it when did it click for you that and I know COVID the sales went up, mm. but that could have been and tapping into your brain. I can understand that you could have said, mm, this is just a period because people are on their phones and yeah. it will pass, right? Mm. Um, but when did you actually think, maybe this is an important aspect of my life? Like, this could be an actual business. Yeah. And I'm asking because before that, you were not making money. In fact, mm -hmm. you were just keeping it just going. Yeah. You know? And I think a lot of people start like that. Business does start like that. Mm. You can have a good five years where you're just not making you're money. Just not making money mm. And a lot of people say, hey, it's not working. Let me leave this thing alone. Yeah. And maybe it could have worked out. Mm. And then other people hold on too long to things that will never work out. Yeah. So how did you dis how do you distinguish that? Mm, let's let's stick it out. Here. There's something here. I think I realized when during COVID we were delivering very fast. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there's a gap in the market for like super delivery. fast cosmetic delivery. Sure. Um, and niche skincare. Like nobody was bringing together like really great niche brands on one platform. Yeah. Um. And so I knew like we're delivering fast and people are enjoying this and we have great brands. So we need to keep this going post COVID as well. Okay. Um, and we just started adding more brands and delivering even faster and faster. And my thing was that we need to keep what our value proposition is. Because mm. you know, a lot of businesses grew during COVID and then plummeted. Plan, yeah. But I was really, really... Um, I was really, really strict about not growing too fast because there's so many businesses that just shot up yeah. and they couldn't deliver yeah. on that. Yeah. And so we had to kind of like grow in steps and say, we're only restocking 10 hair pieces today that's because discipline. that's the only deliveries we can do. Sure. Um, so I knew that this is what the business's value add is. Mm. We need to keep it. And that whole value add of fast delivery um, and shopping your faves on one platform is mm. what the business is and yeah. what it's become even now. That makes so much sense. And, and I think I get to understand your business a little more now because I know there's a, there's a, a, a I forgot which business this is, but it's it's got to do with, they offer a product, but they know that their product is not what people are buying. People are buying the design. Yes. So in essence, they are a designing business. Yes. So with you and as much as you have this shop, front this mm. you call it an e-tailer yes what you are selling is fast delivery yes and everything is based on on fast that. delivery what we sell efficiency that's what we sure. tap is sure yeah so for you it doesn't matter because i mean if you could sell 25 hairpiece on the day because you see that this 10 is moving fast mm. but if you knew that 
more money means slower delivery, then it's mm. not worth it for you. I know that, but I also know demand. So on Black Friday, we tell people this is what's going to happen. Yeah. You're not going to get your delivery the next day. It's going to take a week now to get your delivery. Yeah. Um, so there's that transparency as well. But um, I'm very nervous about the pastry restock coming up now. But that's how we work. Like... <laughs> Crush the website. <laughs> so um, for me, that efficiency is so important. And that's what I talk to the team about like every week. Like we cannot drop the ball on deliveries. Sure. Um, and that's what I'm super strict about. The team knows. If I walk in and there's orders waiting, I'm just like, what's, what's going happening? On? Yeah. Like, did someone die here? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> so knowing that delivery is your thing, why did you open a shop? Because you didn't need to. Did you? I did. In a way. Okay. Our whole thing as well is community. We listen to the community. Mm. People ask for brands, they get them. Like, Do you believe in that? Because um, this guy, he's, um, forgot his name. He just wrote a book now. Mm. Uh, producer. Rick Rubin. Mm. Rick Rubin says never listen to the audience. But I mean, he's speaking from a point of a, he's a, he's a creative and he's written, he's produced the biggest song like Beyonce, Rihanna. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he says, you don't create for the, the audience, you create for you. And I've always been two ways about it because mm -hmm. my husband's like, mm, I get it. And I'm just like, I don't know. It's kind of giving self. I self get it. Because okay. you can't, if you create for the audience, you're never going to satisfy everyone. Yes. So the one question I always ask myself is, if I didn't own Beauty on Tap, would I be a Beauty on Tap customer? Oh. Okay. And then I always, the answer is always no. Yeah. You the answer is always no. And I always, keep, always. Yeah, because I'm honest with myself. You've I, never had a moment where you sat and be like, hmm. So I'm always like, would I have taken notice of it? Ah. And then I'm like, probably not. Sure. Because I wasn't a skincare kind of person before. Okay. Um, I'd probably still be going to the place where I used to buy skincare. Okay. And I always say, what is it that I need to do to make sure that a matebe out there becomes a beauty on tap client? Sure. So don't, yeah, you can't get high off your own. <laughs> off your own so you always lead with that, that would I be... Would I be a customer? And you can't listen to the audience. You're going to be changing your business all the all time. All the time, yeah. And we make mistakes. Like we just change something on a product and it's like actually the audience was wrong. Wrong. And then you just like... Oh, even they like, oh, sorry, we were wrong. Just change it back. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, like, that's funny. Ketile, ketile. <laughs> yeah. So I get it from both sides. Yeah. Yeah. How has your corporate finance background served you or is serving you in your business? Um, Very well. I think it's the one thing I do well in the business. Okay. Um. Just because of the cash flow aspect and the financial management aspect, mm. I think is super important to a small business. Mm -hmm. So in terms of that prudence, I think it served me really well. And I always encourage people in the team to start businesses. Really? Yeah. Is your business so well systemized that even if they all leave and start their own businesses, your business will still thrive? So I always tell people when they join, I'm like, you shouldn't be here in the next five years. Like you need to grow yourself. Like your your retirement plan shouldn't be beauty on tap. It's, it's my retirement plan. <laughs> no, but I encourage people to, I encourage people to grow in themselves. Yes. And I know I talk to the team all the time. They have performance reviews mm -hmm. and they have their own aspirations. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of them are entrepreneurial. Yeah. Very entrepreneurial. Okay. So um, I always ask them, what do you want to start? Yeah. Like you have me available to you. I can mentor you. Start sure. with, start with beauty on tap as your customer. So, uh... Um, our marketing lead is my social media manager. Mm -hmm. So she handles my socials. She handles my events and everything. 
Um, so she's starting her own business and I'm her first client. And sure. if people want to sell stuff on Beauty on Tap, they have the opportunity. So I'm very um, supportive of people's yeah. own aspirations. Yeah. I don't think that you should hug people because you won't get the best out of them. So That's such an interesting um, take because I've always, um, I get that part, but I've always felt like a part of me felt like I failed mm -hmm. as a, a business owner when someone leaves to go start their own thing. Yeah. Right. I felt like, couldn't I keep them? Like, is my business not going where it's yeah. going? Like, you, you understand the mindset. So how do you get that mindset where you your goal is for them to leave and not feel like my company will, will suffer? Because now you have to retrain people and yeah. you need to rebuild the culture and there's a lot that like human resources so so hard important. like you can see like i'm, I'm, getting, You're so stressed. I'm so stressed. <laughs> oh my god how can she do yeah that? like you literally have a mindset of girl you've got five years okay what business are you starting and and i get that i'm, I'm mm. for that but I've, I've i've found myself being like burning out and doing that that okay you invest in people you mentor and then when they leave you i have to start over mm. so what mindset do you get into to make sure that there's that because it's a way of giving back. And like you said, you don't want to keep people who don't want to be here and you want mm, people to mm. reach their highest potential. But also what about your retirement plan that mm. needs skills? That needs skills. People. So that's why I think it's important to build teams versus having individuals in certain roles. So okay. it's important to have teams. So if somebody does leave, then there's somebody to step into that role. Um, so succession planning is super important, but you know, I've seen what happens in corporate when you have people who've been hugging roles for, for 20 years. years yeah. Like it discourages young, energetic people from sure. staying in the business. And it kind of makes your business so outdated. Like mm. you're just not keeping up with trend yeah. and technology and things are just slow and you keep your old ways. You don't keep up with how people are doing things. Sure. So I've seen what hugging onto employees can do, can do to your business. Yeah. It just it also kills the culture. You want new fresh blood constantly coming in and giving ideas. And I really want to keep the Beauty on Tap team small. I don't want it to be this huge yeah. corporate. Okay. So for you, it's um, like lean team. Kind lean of team. A, yeah, yeah. High performance. So, oh, I've just seen what it does to companies. Like they companies that close down because. But the same admin lady. Yes, exactly. Who keeps making the same mistake. Exactly. And everyone's just like, and oh, no one's telling her. Is. Because yeah. she's the boss. Like she's been in her role yeah. for 20. So you can't tell her anything. Yeah. So that's why I always say to people. I want you to be entrepreneurial in your thinking because that's when you bring your best self to uh, the business every morning. Yeah, you want other leaders. Yeah, yeah. So they they're doing their thing. The other day you put out um, there's two TikToks of yours that I really really like. The one was business is hard, mm. right? What has been the toughest challenge that you've come across, and how did you get through it? Did you ever get to a point where you say, actually, I can dust off my qualifications? call my contacts and mm. I'll be fine. Like what got you, what is it and what got you through it? Mm, what's been super hard for me? Opening a store was hard. Okay. Because you're a black female. Yeah. Like no one trusts that you can pay rent. Ah. Yeah. It was really, really hard. Like I'm always, and that's another thing about being your best self where you work in corporate. Mm. Um, my old team, the property team at R&B helps me so much. Like, I don't think if there's anything I need, yeah. they help me on the spot. Sure. Um, and they basically helped me with getting into, to Mall of oh, Africa. Yeah. They put me in touch with people. They told me she's a good person. She's good for it. Um, 
she used to work here. I think obviously because I also worked there, then they're like, oh, she knows something. Uh, <laughs> um, sure. So it took a lot to to get space at a reputable mall. And sure. thank goodness those contacts came through, yeah. It's so wild to me that we just saw, like when you think getting, opening a shop is hard, I'm thinking of the... Um, because I had a I had a salon mm. and for me but I was like 22 23 and for me the hardest thing was the the con, the, the construction team mm-hmm. and meeting deadlines yeah. and uh, what do you call when you the shop fitting yes. that for me was, was it, so, hard? it was hard because it like I'm a 23 year old mm. little black girl mm. that nobody's taking seriously yeah. and that for me is hard. <laughs> so when you're saying to me opening a shop is hard, I'm thinking yeah she probably had it with the shop fitting but I didn't think that as a black woman, you have to prove why your shop can be in a mall. Yes. And even though you have track record of an e-commerce website that's been doing Working. well, you still have to prove yourself more. Sure. So that really, really opened a lot of doors for me, that sure. network of yeah. people. And even with the next doors, um, they, they, they still help me. Sure. Yeah. And did you ever feel like it's not worth it? Because like I said, you yes, you... You did need to open a store, but your business could have still thrived and continued if you didn't have a mm. store. Did you ever feel like I'm gonna quit, or that mindset that tapped in again? That no, I said I'm gonna do it, so I'm gonna do it. I was always gonna do it, even if I had to land up at a smaller center. Sure, I was going to do it because people always said they want to touch the products, mm. and we even under forecasted what the store would do. So I think opening a store was a very good move. And I'm always just very grateful because I always say that this is a very purpose-driven journey because mm. everything just seems to come together. Together, yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm always like, when is it going to unravel? I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, what is it burning? Like, what yes. is it like? Why is ah. the journey so perfect? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not perfect. It has its imperfections, but... You're graced for it. I'm graced for it. Yeah. Everything just... I, I always look at it like these building blocks just coming together like yeah. a puzzle and yeah. working out. Um so always grateful that things work out in the end. You did a, a but I can't find it anymore. And you were talking about, um, I think, being in your mid thirties and not being in a, in a, not not being married and mm. having kids. And I think that was the goal. That yeah. was the dream for you. And I don't know if I call it a disappointment, but mm. dealing with that. And someone actually even asked it that, how do you deal with the you're happy, you're grateful, you're excited that your career is going really well and you're thriving and you've got everything that you need, but there's still this part. Mm. Um, and like you spoke about that, yes, I didn't get married when I thought I was going to get married. Like how have you managed to remain content and excited about your mm. life um, as a single woman? Mm. So I remember Desiring having, marriage. Yes. Yes. I remember having a conversation with my best friend and she said... Um, I know sometimes you feel like you haven't had the baby showers, but we have your baby showers all the time. Like you've given birth to this brand sure. and we've attended launch parties. We've sure. been there for your little baby showers. And she says, I also want those kind of baby showers. Wow. I also want to start a brand and have everyone come and celebrate. And she just said, life happens for people at different times. Yeah. And she's like, I've had my kids in my 20s and early 30s and now late 30s going on, I want to start my own thing. Sure. And she's like, you've you've done, done that. that. So yeah. you can now journey on the kids and marriage thing. And it all happens when the time is right. And I, I always go back to that conversation because it made me feel so comfortable in my mm. journey. Like, oh, I've had my baby showers. Mm. I've had points where everybody's celebrating, celebrating me yeah. and happy for me. Um, so that's what kind of changed my stance that 
just take relax. it easy, relax. Yeah. Like it's all happening. And sometimes you don't realize it, but the life that you're living is so aspirational for someone else. Sure. Sure. You can have like a lady who's in her fifties with grown kids who looks at you and says, oh, ah, I wish, yeah, yeah, I wish I could have done that. So, um, that really taught me to be grateful with what you have yeah. in the moment. And I think that gratefulness is probably what brings more into, yeah. into your life. Yeah. Yeah. Do you believe in operating in a mindset of abundance? Cause I feel like there's a lack mentality and then an abundant mentality. And yeah. like abundant one is always, always leads with, with gratitude. Yeah. I lead with gratitude every single day, like yeah. every day. Like I, people are always like, you're so optimistic. It's actually quite Yeah, because I wanted to annoying. say like, you're, yeah, like you, when I ask you something, like you, you have to find what was the negative in that. And I'm like <laughs> watching you so sort of like, okay, she's naturally optimistic. I'm just a naturally optimistic person. Like something bad can happen and I'll be like, oh, oh it happened. Like yeah. next, like let's move on. Because there's so much good that you have more good in your life that happens than bad. And yeah. You have to balance out. That's why I'm like, oh, Beauty on Tap is doing so well. I wonder yeah. what's, what's going to happen. Gonna but happen. I'm just like, no, nothing's, no. actually nothing's going to happen because yeah. this is what I'm ordained to do or purpose to do. So yeah. um, I'm just very optimistic. How do you define purpose? Um, I think purpose is just, purpose is you being chosen as God's soldier to carry out his will. That's what mm. purpose is. So for me, it's like maybe God wants a beauty store in mm. South Africa owned by black women. Mm -hmm. And he was like, hmm, who can I choose to do it? Mm. It's that person. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's based on life trials and tribulations. You know, has this person navigated this a certain way? And is this the person that I feel can, can, carry, this. can carry this? Yeah. And I think that's what purpose is. Do you feel like everyone has a purpose? I think everyone does have a purpose and I think the beauty of life is journeying and finding that purpose. Mm. Sometimes you only find that purpose when you're 80. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can find it when you're five years old. Yeah. Um, but I think you only find purpose in being in being grateful yeah. and living a life of abundance yeah. is when you start to open your eyes yeah. and, and see, yeah. oh, this is actually a purpose I am destined for yeah so I think I always say to people you need to open your eyes to what God you need to be wants for you yeah. yeah you need to be open and open to everything everything like, yeah open to the bad open to the good yeah that's when it the stumbles silly, on the you. small the big everything, everything. like just take it in because it's going to hit you and be like oh, yeah this is that's what's it for me. Yeah. yeah what do you think hinders people from reaching their full potential um not believing it's for you mm. yeah I think when you don't believe it's for you is when you fumble. Mm. So now with that, I love that. Sometimes, how do you know you really believe it's for you? Because sometimes you can say it with your mouth and you, and that's why, remember there was that manifesting era. Yeah, where yeah. Every, every, <laughs> candles, candles. <laughs> it's just candles and, but not everybody gets, and not just things, but yeah. whatever the desire. So how do you know that you really believe something is for you or you are, I don't know, like you, you're just saying it because mm. underlying there's a fear. Mm. You know, for example, you know how they say 
confident insecurity is the loudest in the room. Like an insecure person will come in and tell, I've done this, I've done that. Yes, and then yes. you know that, okay, that's not confidence, yeah. that's insecurity. Yes. So in the same way, how do you know that I actually, I've gotten to a place where I believe something is for mm. me or I'm just loud about it because underneath there's fear. Yeah. It's what I said. It's if everything comes together and yeah. you don't know how, then it's not, it's not your doing. It's a higher purpose. Mm. Like I'm very spiritual. Yeah. Um, if things just come together and it just works, yeah. then it's just like, oh. yeah. 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 Like I get ideas in my mind like, actually let's post this and yeah. then it's like a great marketing and then like there's just yeah. sales and I'm like it's I don't just come up with ideas yeah like, I don't think ideas come I don't know where ideas come from to yeah. be honest yeah um, well I think ideas come from the source of creativity I always go back to Genesis mm. and God looked at the earth and it was formless and it was dark yeah. and it had nothing and mm. he thought hmm let there be light, exactly. let there be water, yes. let there be humans yes. who are going to make sure that this thing runs. And I look at myself the same way. So yeah. when I'm out of creativity, I'm just like source of creation and yes. source of creativity. Exactly. I'm going to need you to drop some of that creativity exactly. um, in me. And, and exactly how the earth was put together, how everything, like the, the world is so perfectly built. Like yeah. Everything is perfect. And like abundant. Water, plants, like everything just works. Yeah. If something is purposeful for you, it's exactly the same thing. Everything just works. It works, It comes yeah. together. What is the season of your life called? Um, I think the season of my life is called um, Lost. Lost? Yeah. L-O-S-T. Yes. Okay, unpack that for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like I'm in a place in life, in terms of my professional career business, where there's so many routes to take. Sure. And I'm kind of just like, which one? Which one? Like, and it's just placing everything together and trying to still show up for everything. Yeah. So I'm just in a, like it's January and I'm just like, oh my God, I'm so tired. There's just like a lot happening right now. Um, and I just kind of need everything to calm down, but it can only calm down once I've Centered dealt yourself. everything. Yeah. So... Okay. Um, lost but functional. Yeah. Lost but functional. Yeah. But lost is good, right? Lost is good. Yeah. It lost, means opportunity. It means opportunity. It means, you know how you defined purpose like as being the chosen soldier? Mm. It means you're like, for me, mm. this is not me unpacking mm -hmm, your mm -hmm. life. <laughs> it means to me that you're such a good soldier that you're given all the all the work mm. and you just have to choose which one you can show show up for. Yeah. That's where I am now. Yeah. And I need to choose because I've also realized you can't do everything no, you can't. at once. Yeah. No, so. you can't do everything. I believe God, I I always lead with um like if you're faithful with little, you'll be you'll be if you're trusted with much, if you're faithful with the little, you'll be faithful with the big. Yeah. So I think a lot of people get stuck with, and it, it pains me. It's such a question I always have to get into with my with my guests is that people say, "How do I find my purpose? What is my purpose?" And I find it hard to to almost unpack that. There's this. There's some things that you just need to show up for, mm. and it could be as simple as showing up for gym consistently. Yes, and those will unlock exactly. the purpose questions. Yeah, I always say discipline. Um, consistency yeah, and commitment to self is so important. I think you just answered it then. Maybe the clues to unlocking or finding your purpose is mm. discipline, consistency, and 
commitment to, to self. self. Yeah. Self betterment. Yeah. If you so, say you're gonna do something for yourself, then do it. Do it. Yeah. yeah. What is your routine? What is your daily routine when you're just like, I'm the girl. I'm the girl. I'm the girl. <laughs> you know my routine. <laughs> I want you I to give it to all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I do Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. Every That's day. My, every day. Yeah. Um, you don't gym on Tuesdays? I don't gym on Tuesdays. Why? I walk my dogs on Tuesdays. Oh, that's so that's cute. kind of gym. Okay. Yeah. But I walk my dogs on Tuesdays. Um, I gym at six. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like one hour, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. What time do you wake up? I wake up at half past five, six. Okay. It's kind of like inconsistent now. Okay. Um, and then I come back. Uh, I make my shake, yeah. get ready for work. Yeah. I get to work at like 10. I judge myself all the time because it's so late. But I know, but, but I work you... till late because I, I don't stop working when I get home. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, and then I go to work. I do my thing. I go home, cook dinner, yeah. do some work. We do it again do the next read? day. Do you read? I don't read. Really? And it makes me so sad. Do you listen to audiobooks? I don't. Do you listen to podcasts? I don't. So how do you feed your brain? I read a lot of technical stuff. Oh, okay. So you do read? I do read, but I read like articles. Oh, my friend reads articles and now she's just in this thing of sending me articles. I'm like, girl, it's nice, but I read books. No, I read articles. <laughs> I read like stuff in terms of my industry. That's oh. what... Oh, that what stimulates me. That's you. what stimulates me. Okay. And I like watching... Like I'm a very inquisitive person. Ah, okay. So every time I'm inquisitive about something, I'll go read and watch stuff on it and yeah, dig dig deeper. Okay. As we're about to close off, what what is one thing that you know about yourself that makes you smile? Um I think I'm a nice person. Mm-hmm. I think that's what makes me smile. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm a nice I'm a nice person. Okay. I think I have a good energy. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And that makes, so. That's enough. That's what makes that's me enough. happy, yeah. Okay. We're going to mm-hmm. go to my wall of wisdom. Uh, give me a quote or a Bible verse that you live by. Um, there was one I read the other day and it just, I've completely, it was saying, oh, I've forgotten it. It was saying, it's kind of like God will equip, that God will give, the skilled won't have the job, but God will give you the skill to carry out the job. It was something like that. This, I need to find it. Okay, you but need to that, find it. I, I was just like, that is what I believe in. Is that? Is it saying, oh, wait, I'm trying to unpack it. Does it mean like you don't have to have the skill? To but carry God, out the purpose. Yes, God will but give he you will equip you. If, yeah, for Got the purpose. You. All right. I need to find it. I'll tell you. Please. Yeah. Uh, a podcast or a book <laughs> or an article everyone needs I to do read. I do read. I read like once a year. Okay, a book. a book. Which book do you think everyone should read? Seat of the Soul. I had it on my TikTok. I have it. Oh my, I have it, but I, I, I don't know. I keep picking it up and then I try that to read it. That is a like, life-changing oh. book. I'll, I'll, I'll still be, I'll be ready for it and I'll read it read when I'm ready it. for it. Yeah. You need okay. to be, that's the thing. You need, you need to, be to be ready, ready for, for it. it. Yeah. When yeah. I picked it up was years ago and I, it just went over me and I was just like, okay, I'm not ready yeah. for it. Yeah. You need to be ready for it and you need to be ready to do the work that it tells you to do. Got you. Yeah. Okay. Um, fill in the, the sentence. A wise woman once said. A wise woman once said. She who is kind will reap the rewards. Mm. She who is kind will reap the rewards. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Is kindness a big value to you? Very big. My mom is the kindest person I know. Okay. And her kindness doesn't have, 
and Alison. Sure. Just because, you know, like she'd always say to me, like my mom would have the longest conversations with like tailors at pick and pay. Yeah. And I then became their friend growing up. Sure. So my mom is the kindest person I know. I love that. Mm. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Wait, last one. Words for 2024 for anyone who is feeling lost, confused and purposeless. Um, take it easy on yourself and restart. Take it easy on yourself and, and restart. restart. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's a wrap. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Girl Pal. Excitement is building as we gear up for our annual Unlimited Fest. If you missed out last year, don't make the same mistake again. So join us for two unforgettable days packed with inspiring speakers, incredible musicians, DJs, food, and a time and a half. This year is all about healing. Secure your spot now at www.unlimitedfest.co.za. Don't miss the experience of a lifetime. Unlimited Fest, where we heal, celebrate, and grow. See you there.